This episode of A Hero's Journey podcast is brought to you by SMP Inc., uh, JPS Computers, and we want to shout out to Rock Rage Radio. Thank you for listening to us. I'm going to pass this over to my co-host, Miss Danielle Vasanova. Thank you, Brian Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Hero's Journey podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest on the show with us today, Dr. Nathan Bryan, who is an international leader in molecular medicine, founder of N101, and he has a new book out called The Secret of Nitric Oxide, Bringing Nitric Oxide to Life. Welcome, Dr. Nathan Bryan. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for being here. You know, we were in the hallway. And the first thing I got to ask you is, I hear an accent. Where's it from? <laughs> I'm from Texas. I grew up in Texas, but I went to school in Louisiana, then trained up in Boston, and I've been back in Texas since like 2005 or 2006. Yeah, so you're all it's kinds of messed pot. up. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Vegas. Thank you. Thank you for flying out to yeah. be yeah. here, yeah. sitting at this table with us. That's really great. We really appreciate it. Uh, we had the chance to give you a tour of of this space and 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 what do you think well look it's great i mean look congratulations on the heroes podcast and this is a great um thing you guys are doing i mean it's all about inspiration right someone yes. or something inspires the best in all of us so Correct. congratulations on this great. thank thank you so much and we we were talking outside and you know you said where does the name come from and it's, as we mentioned, we're the hero of our own story. You wake up, I wake up, Daniel wakes up every morning, the hero of our own story. And it's, what are we going to do today? But as I said to you out there, you didn't wake up a doctor. How did that come about? What And, and especially so specific in what you do. Take us down yeah. this journey, please. Did you always know that you wanted to be a doctor growing up? No, not, I mean, it's like any any story, right? It's a journey. It's the journey yeah. that we embark upon. You know, I grew up in small town, Texas, mm. uh, a town of about a thousand people. Uh, went to a lot of schools. Um, but in high school, I was always good in science and math mm. and not really knowing what I wanted to do when I left high school. My counselors go, we well, should be an engineer. Yeah. So I enrolled at the University of Texas at Austin in civil engineering and went through first semester of classes. And I go, what's an engineer do? What's civil engineering? They go, well, they build bridges and roads and all that, and I go, I'm not interested in, in that. So um, then I started looking around, okay, wh what, do, what do I want to do? And so I entered the biochemistry program at the University of Texas, got a degree in biochemistry, and graduated, and then uh, kind of evaluated the job market and realized that there wasn't really a big market or need for a bachelor's degree in biochemistry. Um, I was married at the time, I was divorced, and really tried to spend the next three years really trying to find my way. Um, and then I was in Louisiana, and I applied for a histology position at uh, LSU School of Medicine. And, and histology is, what is that? Histology, yeah. Really, I was broke and just looking for a way to make a living. Okay, <laughs> right. all right. I, was like, I entered a newspaper ad. Oh, yeah, I was histology, trying to keep yes. up with you, and yeah. I want to make sure that I'm still on It's a really track. boring, mundane job. You're looking at uh, pathology slides and histology and and making an interpretation or helping the pathologist real, realize what's the basis of that disease okay. or that pathology. Okay. And I started an interview with the guy. He goes, you don't need, he goes, I'm not going to hire you. He goes, you need to be in school here. Mm. And I go, you're probably right. So I applied <laughs> and I, I started the LSU School of Medicine primarily in a, a PhD program in molecular and cellular physiology. And that was when I got introduced to this whole science of nitric oxide. 
I didn't know anything about it. I knew during my biochemistry days at UT that I never wanted to deal with nitrogen-based chemistry for the rest of my life. And here I am. Like, and that's what you do. 30 years later. A specialist. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. But so, it, was, it was shortly after a Nobel Prize had been awarded for the discovery of nitric oxide. So the scientific community knew this molecule was extremely important. But there were still a lot of unanswered questions. of How does the human body make nitric oxide? What goes wrong in people that can't make it? And then, you know, how do you fix this? And how do you diagnose nitric oxide deficiency? Right. So that provided me kind of the framework for, and that was what I basically did my entire PhD on, is how do we detect and quantify nitric oxide in biological tissues? Because I think it's very important for people to understand that nitric oxide is a gas that's produced in the lining of the blood vessels. And once it's produced, it's gone in less than a second. Okay. So how do you quantify, how do you detect, and how do you analyze nitric oxide production in humans? How? How do you? Well, that's kind of the code we cracked. I cracked as a student. That was really the basis for my PhD. I finished my PhD, I think, in a year and a half or two years. I'd published like six or seven papers during that time. But that we was just, a pretty face, oh, huh? Geez. Okay, all right. all right. We discovered a way that you could actually use a, what's called a, a gas phase analyzer to measure nitric oxide gas in biological samples. So then we had the technique to measure and really create a fingerprint of nitric oxide biology in things like diabetes, heart disease, heart attack, stroke, Mm-hmm. Um, and then that armed us with the tools we Are they, need. They're, and they're directly related? Yeah, in fact, yeah, loss of nitric oxide production is the earliest event in the onset and progression of every single human chronic disease. Oh, wow. Really? So wow. From Yet there, it's I, the first time I'm hearing like yeah, those what? words come out of anyone's mouth for me. So the, uh, this is, Why I'm learning. Why isn't it more um, known worldwide? Well, I think there's a number of reasons for that. So if you go to your primary care physician and you do a simple blood analysis or a, or a workup, they're not measuring for this. Mm. So Western medicine is kind of focused on only what you can measure is important, right? And so if you mm. can't measure nitric oxide, it must not be important. But you can measure is cholesterol, vitamin D, triglycerides, the standard CBC and lipid panels and inflammatory panels. So they treat the numbers. That's the problem mm. with Western medicine. They don't treat mm. the patient, they treat the numbers. Mm. So the fact that you can't diagnose nitric oxide deficiency with labs really kind of goes against kind of the patient-physician relationship on what's wrong with you. And the other, I think, challenge has been, and the reason there's not awareness, is big pharmaceutical companies have failed at making safe and effective nitric oxide drugs. And if you can't prescribe a drug to fix a problem, then it never makes its way into mainstream medicine. Okay. And I've consulted for for many of these companies, but, you know, after I I went to... uh, Boston Medical Center, and I, I trained up there in the Cardiovascular Research Institute uh, for, I guess, three years, and then got my first faculty position at UT Medical School in Houston, where I was a assistant professor of molecular medicine. Mm. And it was there that we made these discoveries, and I started filing patents on how to make a solid dose form of a gas. So that's my claim to fame. I was the first person in probably 40 years who cracked the code on how do you deliver a bioactive gas in a solid dose form. Oh, wow. So it's, did you come up with the fountain of youth or it's, <laughs> what is Well, I think that's what, what it's turning out yeah. to be because we, the, the holy grail in cardiovascular medicine, I think medicine in general, okay. is finding a way to recapitulate and reproduce nitric oxide production in humans. And that's what my discoveries and patents and product technology has been revealing over the past uh, probably 15 years. So how do you actually measure it? Do, well, in, ter- in terms of patients, or yeah. how do you measure the gas? In terms of patients, like on an Well, what we look for, so, I mean, that was when we, when we launched this original product technology, 
the first question was, was how do you know if I need this? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I going back to question. that challenge was, okay, your doctor can't tell you if you're nitric oxide deficient. Yeah. So I had to develop a test. So I developed a salivary test strip. This was in, I think, 2010. And it was the first point-of-care non-invasive diagnostic for nitric oxide. So you just basically apply your saliva to the end of this test strip. Hopefully it turns a dark pink, and that's reflective of the body's ability to produce nitric oxide. And if it's green, then what does that mean? Well, it does. Yeah. That's not part of the for starters, I like the non-invasive thing. I hate needles, yeah. so I'm really glad that you came up with the saliva thing. That's really great. No, but So has that been effective? Is that something that's It's a been great used conversation or? starter. You know, just like any diagnostic, there are some false uh, positives. Okay. There are no false negatives. So if you don't change the color on that test strip, you're completely devoid of any nitric oxide. And that, that's a problem. Okay. However, there are some false positives. So I, t I tell physicians and people who use it that it's a good tool to have in your toolbox, but it shouldn't be the only tool you're using. So what do we look for? How do you know if you're nitric oxide deficient? Number one, if you have an unsafe elevation in blood pressure, which two out of three Americans have. have. If you have diabetes or insulin resistance, that's a sign of nitric oxide deficiency. If you have erectile dysfunction in both men and women, that's a sign of nitric oxide deficiency. Or if you develop mild cognitive disorders and vascular dementia and eventually Alzheimer's. Because the, the basis of every single chronic disease, whether it's erectile dysfunction or Alzheimer's or cardiovascular disease, is loss of regulation of blood flow, right? Mm -hmm. So every single chronic disease is characterized by three things, or actually four things, low blood flow, inflammation, oxidative stress, and immune dysfunction. And nitric oxide is what controls all four of those. Wow. So if your body can't make nitric oxide, you're on a very slippery slope to developing chronic disease. And the management of chronic disease in the United States is the worst of any nation in the world. Wow. And wow. you're the guy who came up with this, this like a way to measure it, a way to realize that this is something that's going on because it's poof, it's gas. It's, it's a gas it's gone and it's and gone in less than a second. So we have to recapitulate that and give the body what it needs, what it normally sees in a person. So you can do radio labeled isotope studies and figure out how much nitric oxide would a healthy, say a 20, 24 year old person make in 24 hours. Hmm. So we can quantify that. So in order to deliver that in the form of a therapeutic, then we have to basically give back what the body's missing. So, and that's the beauty of kind of our drug discovery program because most drugs developed by pharmaceutical companies are inhibitors. They're synthetic molecules that inhibit certain biochemical reactions. Okay. And there's always side effects or consequences of that because the bodies, these, our designer made us to do these things to, to perform certain activities and for the cell to do certain jobs. When you give a synthetic inhibitor of those, then there's always consequences. Mm -hmm. So what we do is called restorative physiology. We don't give any inhibitor. We basically give the body back what's missing in terms of a bioactive gas. And that's okay. been the, the secret to And the you technology. found a way to, I could take that. If I was deficient, right. I can take that. and. But is it cumulative? Like if you stop taking it, will it still stay in the body? And if so, for how long? Well, everything has a what's called a half-life. So there's a certain period. Once it's produced, you know, the human body is a very dynamic organism, right? Nothing's static. Right. So we're, ch we're constantly changing. So we produce nitric oxide upon demand. And the best example is if, if you have symptoms of heart disease, you go to your cardiologist, they put you on an exercise stress test, increase your workload, 
So in order for your heart to meet the increased metabolic demands, you've got to increase the coronary flow and dilate those coronary arteries. And that's only done through the production of nitric oxide. So if you fail your exercise stress test, then your body can't produce nitric oxide. Yeah. The other example is if you want to have performed sex, but yet you can't dilate the blood vessels of the sex organs because you can't make nitric oxide, you develop sexual dysfunction. So that, I heard something, uh, or it was like I read something somewhere about how, like somebody had said the blue pill, the, what is it? Uh, blue pill. Viagra. The guy's Viagra. Viagra. Thank you. Yeah. I don't mean to be talking about something else, but I'm <laughs> the saying, red vi- pill or the, the blue pill. whatever, I, it, like <laughs> Viagra, yeah. uh, Opening up the blood cells in a, a female, like who has Alzheimer's, you know, like it's, I heard that and I'm like, was that, I want to go down that path and, and just figure that out. Cause I know people who are scared of like my girlfriend's grandmother died of that. And yeah. So it's in her genetics, you know, somewhere, well, down, or maybe, I don't know. We, like, can't, blame, we can't blame disease yeah, on genetics anymore because we now know how to turn genes on and off. Really? So genetics are no longer an excuse. Whoa. But, you know, going back to the blue pill, you okay, know, there, yeah. was, there was a, a, a large-scale study published not long ago, maybe six months ago. People who have been on, these are called phosphodiesterase inhibitors, so it's like Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra. Okay. So they basically potentiate, potentiate nitric oxide-based signaling. So nitric oxide turns the switch on and they keep it on. That's the reason you're warned against a four-hour erection. A four-hour, exactly, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the problem there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except necrosis. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, So yeah. it's all about regulation of blood flow. Okay. Right, and so people who have been on these PD-5 inhibitors are at a reduced risk of developing Alzheimer's. And Alzheimer's is probably the most feared condition in the world because right. it's such a burden on mm. your family members. Yeah. Right? Nobody wants to put their family members through that. So again, and we're developing an Alzheimer's drug discovery program. So we're taking our nitric oxide technology and putting it into an Alzheimer's drug study. Mm. Because, Incredible. And this, this will, I'm convinced, will change the world. That's incredible. Because all Alzheimer's drugs have failed. And why yeah. is that? Because they're going after the beta amyloid plaques. They're going after the tau tangles. It's the wrong target. Mm. Those are consequences of the disease. They're not causes of the disease. Okay. So the cause of every single disease, whether it's Alzheimer's, heart disease, kidney disease, ED, every single thing is loss of regulation of blood flow. Yeah. So in Alzheimer's, when we want to recall memory, if I want to recall where do I leave my keys, at that point in time, you have to increase the blood flow to the prefrontal cortex where memory recall occurs. And you do that through the production of nitric oxide. But if your body can't make nitric oxide, you can't dilate those cerebral arteries and increase blood flow to that region of the brain so you get forgetful. Mm. Over time, you, do, you lose cognition. If not corrected, you develop vascular dementia. If not corrected, you develop Alzheimer's. So the target of every disease is loss of regulation of blood flow. So if you can't get the good stuff in and take the trash out, which is right. all regulated by circulation, then you get a buildup of the trash. And what is that? It's the beta amyloid plaques and it's the tau tangles that are diagnostic for Alzheimer's disease. So we're after the the root cause of disease. Everybody else has been after the consequence of disease. And you say we, like who is it? Well, I have a drug company. Really? A drug company we started, and I licensed my patents from the University of Texas. So everything we do, we're taking our core technology, and we have a a drug in phase three trials for COVID. Uh, You know, we recognized early on that the people that were getting sick and dying from COVID were the people who could not make nitric oxide. Really? And who is that? It's the elderly, African-American, Hispanic, with a prior heart attack, diabetes, or pulmonary disease. Yeah, but I died. 
from COVID. I didn't have oh, any you... of those. And I was young and healthy. Well, that's, I mean, that, look, it's very, very difficult or it's impossible to put a one-size-fits-all in the general population, right? Because everybody's different. Perhaps the consequences of the time and the degree. The course of COVID disease has changed. COVID today is much different than it was back in March of 2020. Okay. So it's much Mine less... Mine was even your... before that. Yeah, well, there you go. It was I mean, November of 2019. It's like one of the first cases. Yeah, so these viruses change. They evolve, you know, and in, in population-based um, evolution in terms of how the, the virus attaches and how people respond to it is part of how us humans adapt, right? Mm. So what we're finding was that those people who were getting sick and dying from COVID were the ones who couldn't make nitric oxide. So we quickly went to the FDA and we got our investigation new drug application filed, I think, in... May of 2020, in June, we got it approved, and we started uh, dosing patients, I think, in November, December of 2020. Maybe I need a lot of nitric oxide. <laughs> well, and for those of you out there listening and, and watching, Danielle's talking about back in, what was it, November, you said, 2019? Yeah, uh, Flatland on 12-12, uh, 2019, December 12th. Yeah, and she had COVID. And, well, before uh, it was even recognized. Before, right. Exactly, yeah. no, and she... Right, right, right. You were on, you know, it was one of those things that you're sitting here with us because they got you back and you were. Yeah, yeah. I'm back from, from the dead. From the exactly. Dead. We've got, and uh, probably, we've got you know, things to do. And not but, knowing what you had at the time, you were probably a little bit mismanaged in terms of how they treated you. Oh, But the underlying sure. problem was you lose blood oxygen saturation. Yeah. Right? Your blood oxygen levels drop. Yeah. You become hypoxic. Yeah. You get uh, pulmonary edema, then you get pneumonia, and that's kind of the, the rapid progression of disease. And now this can also work topically, right? So tell us about the skincare line that you've developed. Yeah, so once we figured out that we could make nitric oxide, then my whole thought process was, how do we implement nitric oxide technology into every market segment around the world? Because this molecule truly is life-changing. So again, how do we create a bioactive gas in a form that's shelf-stable that we could deliver to end consumers or deliver to the patient? Mm. And so I developed a dual-chamber nitric oxide dispensing system, and we, we brought that to market as a, a, beauty, a skin care and beauty product. We launched it in 2019 and really gained a ton of momentum, and then COVID hit. COVID and nobody hit. was wow. worried about skin care and beauty. No. But the, the beauty of this product is, you know, the skin is an organ just like anything else. Right. Yeah. Right? right. The it's largest, one of our largest one. Yeah. Organ. Yeah. yeah. And so if you can't supply adequate blood flow and oxygen nutrients to your skin, just like any other organ, it fails. Right. What does a failing skin look like? Well, you lose collagen, you lose hydration, fine lines and wrinkles, you get dermatitis, you get acne, and you look old. Mm. So how do we fix that? So we created an N101 product that's a topical nitric oxide uh, product that you apply to the skin, and you can actually see this product working before your eyes. So when you apply it to your skin, your skin will turn pink. And okay. Because we're recruiting capillaries, we're forcing blood flow to that area, to the cells of the dermis. And then we've got four published clinical trials on that. We improve collagen deposition, fine lines and wrinkles go away. Very effective at acne, uh, I want scar some. remediation. Can we just bathe in <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, I know. I want, <laughs> <laughs> I want to swim in it. But it's a remarkable, remarkable. In fact, it's a, it's a brand new category in skincare. You know, most skincare products and beauty products hide the blemishes, hide the fine lines and wrinkles. Mm. We do comp something completely different. We get to the root cause of every single issue in human medicine or human physiology and it's always a lack of blood flow to that particular area and again this was your brainchild this you took what you did here 
and and inside, and then went right. after the biggest organ on the outside. That's right. Incredible. And so now we're taking that same technology and developing a drug product, a topical drug for diabetic ulcers, hmm. you know, or non-healing ulcers. So specifically, you know, my dad's a paraplegic from a car accident in 1984. Sorry. So he hmm. spent more than half his life now, what, uh, 40-something years in a wheelchair. So we've dealt with these decubitus pressure ulcers most of my life. Mm-hmm. And they're non-healing, they're gnarly wounds, they get infected, they get osteonecrosis, osteomyelitis, and people die from sepsis from this. So about maybe in 2014 or 2015, we started, he had a non-healing ulcer that was critically infective, took him to the hospital, wasn't expected to live, IV antibiotics. I started making a topical nitric oxide to treat that wound. And within three days, the infection cleaned up, we got tissue growth, and then the wound care docs were like, what are you doing? We've never seen anything like this. That's incredible. So that got my mind spinning. Okay, now there's there's a huge need for this. Because even the best wound care docs that I took my dad to couldn't believe what we were doing. It was outside the scope of anything they'd ever seen before. Hmm. So now we're taking that same technology, and we have an FDA uh, investigational drug application for diabetic ulcers. So we're taking that topical, and we're putting it into clinical trials for non-healing ulcers. And we're taking three to four-year-old non-healing wounds, and in 90 to 120 days, we completely healed that wound. Wow. wow that's incredible. So that's, Good to me, you. that's the most exciting thing. All of it's exciting. But to take, I mean, there's been no innovations in wound care for 50 years. It's very connected to your father, too, though. It's very personal. You know, it, that's what I'm saying. That's, you're not only... By helping your dad, you're helping other people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then going back to the skincare line, we all get older, and it's right. it's hard. It's a hard thing to look in the mirror and and see it happening, but it, it happens. And then to go back and create something that is people talk about it, but had no way of, right. so just over overlook it and move on. Well, you know, and we can't do anything about our chronological age. I mean, that's just part of being human right. and living on earth, right? But we can affect our biological age. So there are ways you can measure that. So we, there are devices that can measure your vascular age. I'll be 49 next month, but I have the vascular age of a 28-year-old. Good for you. And so we now that's know, and, and you've got to the contrary. How do you know that? Like, how do you measure that? You can look at vascular structure and function. Okay. And there's devices that actually measure that and look at the pliability of the contractility of your blood vessels and how quickly they generate nitric oxide upon demand. Uh, so there's there's these devices that'll tell you that. Do is it something? I mean, when you test yourself, obviously, are you good? Like when it comes to producing nitric oxide, is this something that everyone should be worried about right now? Like it's got me thinking about it over here, you know, sitting across from you. No, of course. I mean, it should be the number one thing that people worry about because. You know, without nitric oxide, nothing else works. Right, as you were saying. So when we look at aging, and I like to make the analogy, when we look at aging, everybody's worried about aging and dying. Right. For me, it's not about the the quantity of life. It's about the quality of life. Exactly. So if I can live, I don't want to live to be 120 if Mm. at 100 years old i got people taking care of me, right? Nope. Yep. So how do you look at biological aging? There are three things people look at. One is telomeres. That's the end of the chromosomes that shorten with each division, cellular division. So the shorter the ter- telomeres, the shorter the lifespan. The other is the function of your mitochondria, which are the energy-producing organelles of the cell. And the other is our stem cells. You know, the older we get, the less stem cells, so the less we repair and recover. Mm-hmm. But nitric oxide is what controls all three of those. Nitric oxide controls the enzyme that prevents telomere shortening. 
Nitric oxide is the molecule that tells our mitochondria to make more and to produce energy more efficiently with less oxygen. And it's the molecule that tells our own stem cells to, hey, you got some old dysfunctional cells. We need to go and replace those and get some, some younger guys working here because mm-hmm. you're not performing. Mm-hmm. So is you it? can do all that. You can go get stem cells. You can take right. you know, these telomere things. You can take mitochondrial products. But until you restore the production of nitric oxide, nothing else matters. Okay, so this is, I'm sitting across from you. We just met. Is this a product that is, is it a supplement or is it something that is actually has to be prescribed? Well, we, we come to market. My strategy has always been <clears throat> pre-COVID, right, in drug discovery, which I'm trained as a drug discovery biochemist. And my job early on when I got in this field was to develop safe and effective drugs that could impact human health. Okay. In order to do that, the economics of that are about 10 years and $800 million dollars. And that's, that's just the average of what it takes to get a FDA-approved drug to market, from discovery all the way to approval. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. So early on in 20, I think you remember, maybe 10 or 12 years ago, we developed this. And I went to the FDA as soon as we, I was a professor of medicine at University of Texas uh, Medical School in Houston. So the model is you submit to the FDA and we develop drugs. But what we discovered was natural product chemistry. So I was screening a lot of these natural product libraries from Harvard and from foods, and we found some biological activity of these. So we basically put together a composition of matter that generated nitric oxide. And the the opinion of the FDA was we don't need to get a drug application for this. This is an all-natural. So we, we brought a product to market as a supplement. So today, you know, we have lozenges, an oily disintegrating lozenge on the market that it takes five to six minutes for it to dissolve. And then over that five to six minutes, it's generating nitric oxide gas. Really? So if your body can't make it, we do it for you. But we also understand the biochemistry and the enzymology to the extent that we can restore and repair the enzyme that makes nitric oxide. So our technology generates nitric oxide if your body can't make it, but we fix the reason your body can't make it. Oh, wow. So it's, un- it's unlike anything. Yeah, so you're... You're going to the source and repairing no, that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's right. So, that's incredible. We, we tell people, you know, my job is not to sell products. My job is to inform and educate so people can make lifestyle changes. Because mm-hmm. our body's designed to do what it's designed to do, right? Mm-hmm. But we get in the way. So we discovered and published um, maybe eight or ten years ago that if you use mouthwash, you disrupt the oral microbiome, which part of their job is generating nitric oxide gas. So people who use mouthwash, in fact, I was on the doctor's show, I think, last year, where we reported that if you use mouthwash, your blood pressure goes up and you lose the protective benefits of exercise. Of, of all mouthwash or the ones all that are antiseptic, alcohol? All antiseptic-based mouthwash. So that's okay. the alcohol-based mouthwash. That's anything if that's If you use antiseptic. alcohol-free, is that okay or no? Well, the, que- the, the answer is we really don't know. We haven't tested a lot of those, but things like the stringent uh, antiseptics like chlorhexidine that uh, Dennis used for chronic halitosis, mm-hmm. uh, Listerine, uh, Scope, all the alcohol-based mouthwashes. I mean, there's 200 million Americans that wake up every morning and use mouthwash. Mm. Wow. Killing the good bacteria, disrupting the microbiome. Their blood pressure goes up. So it's no wonder right. to me that Americans are sick. And the toothpaste? Other... Is toothpaste also yeah, Toothpaste, a fluoride. Fluoride's an antiseptic. Yeah. So you have to get rid of fluoride. Fluoride kills the bacteria, it kills your thyroid function, and it's neurotoxin. So, so what do you use? Water. What do you use? Natural, natural toothpaste. Well, you have yeah. to use a fluoride-free toothpaste, and you got to get a, um, a water filtration system that removes all the fluoride coming in from the municipal water. 
Wow. Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> My mind's being yeah, blown I mean, fluoride's right now. one of the most toxic compounds yeah. on the so, periodic table. And, and yet, what toothpaste do you use? I use a toothpaste called Himalaya. It's a fluoride-free, but we're, we're actually developing a nitric oxide-friendly toothpaste. Okay. Amazing. And a mouth yeah. rinse. When is that we, coming out? Uh, probably first or second quarter of next year. Okay. Then I'm on it. Have you had any challenges in bringing all of this to marketplace? What's been the whole process for you? Well, it's very disruptive. I mean, any time you take market share from Big Pharma and a lot of these consumer product goods companies that sell these toothpaste and mouthwash, it's disruptive. Sure. Right? Yeah. But there's consequences to that. And we as scientists have to illustrate that or elucidate that and figure Mm. out, okay, how do we overcome that? Mm. Then the other problem are antacids. You know, there's 200 million prescriptions written for antacids every year, and that's not even counting the number of over-the-counter purchases. Okay. So, so antacids like, completely shut do they... down nitric oxide production. Completely. What what through... dosage? Well, it's things like Prilosec, Prevacid, yeah. uh, Nexium, every, anything that suppresses stomach acid production shuts down nitric oxide if production. If you take it just once, it'll shut it down? Or Absolutely. is it over time? Well, these drugs were never approved by the FDA for chronic use. Okay. They were approved for acute use for three to five days for gastroesophageal reflux disease. Mm. But yet people have been taking these every day for 10, 12, 15 years. There was a time my doctor, my ear, nose, and throat guy, because I'm a singer in a band, he prescribed that because I was getting acid reflux at night and having to sleep upright. It was burning my my vocal cords yeah and so i was having to take prilosec and so i stopped doing that years ago but no you should now there's studies showing that people who have been on these drugs for three to five years have about a 35 percent higher incidence of heart attack and stroke wow Wow. does it repair itself like once you if you've been taking it for a while and then you stop stop, yes you... you you have to have stomach acid okay in order for the human body to digest proteins in fact that's the basis of foodborne allergies Right, so if you're taking a, a, an acid okay. suppressor yeah. and you eat, whether it's milk protein or plant protein or animal protein, yeah. the stomach has to be acidic in order to break down that protein into amino acids. Mm. If there's no acid, then you get these peptide fragments that are dumped into the gut. They tra- they cross across, they go across the uh, gut epithelium and your body develops an antibody against them because it I've... sees it as a foreign particle. Mm. Now you have a foodborne allergy. Mm. Uh, so Everybody to needs to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. No, it's the basis yeah, for... Everyone needs to hear this. So to me, and people go, look, Americans are the sickest, most unhealthy people in the world, and we spend more money per capita than any industrialized nation in the world. And why is that? Because what we do makes us sick, mm. and it gets in the way of the body's healing itself. The human body is regenerative by nature. We just got to get out of its way, give it what it needs, and let it do its job. But we get in the way. So how do we fix it from where we are? Well, I tell people you have to do two things. It's very simple. Stop doing the things that disrupt nitric oxide production and start doing the things that promote it. So we tackle those. Okay, give me, give me, yeah. Yeah. So you just take the first first one. Stop using mouthwash. Stop using antacids. Get rid of fluoride in your toothpaste and in your water. And it's not just the water you drink. It's the water you bathe in. It's the water you cook in. It's 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 a major problem. And then start doing the things that promote nitric oxide production. So what is that? More green leafy vegetables. There's a molecule called nitrate, inorganic nitrate found in green leafy vegetables that the bacteria in the mouth take that molecule and make nitric oxide out of it. Mm. Um, You need to get 20 to 30 minutes of sunlight. There's certain wavelengths and frequencies of light that stimulate nitric oxide production. Um, And then moderate physical exercise. Exercise stimulates nitric oxide production. 
And then when all else fails, we have product technology that does it for you. Okay. And, and didn't you and also say, sorry, go sorry, ahead, no, please. Didn't you also say that uh, with cancer, that a lot of it starts in orally in the mouth? We well, yeah, a lot of, so the reason cancer is so poorly managed today is because oncologists don't know why their patient got cancer. Mm. In fact, they don't even ask the question. Mm. How can you treat something that you don't know the reason they got it? But they treat all cancers the same. All cancers the same. Yeah. Surgery, remove right. the offending agent or the offending part, chemo and radiation, with no regard to why they got the cancer. Right. Right. They're not going to right. biology, the root to the yeah, source. Cancer biology goes back to the 1940s with a lot of work. Yeah. Cancer biology is very well defined. It's low oxygen, low pH, low voltage. So what causes that? Most of the time, it's an infection or some environmental toxicant. It's funny, my mom was just diagnosed with breast cancer, yeah. as I told you, and um, and she had an infection in her mouth. Yeah. And so we're sending her to a guy to to look at her mouth to see what's going on, but maybe her breast cancer originated in the mouth. Well, it goes, you know, it goes back to the the knee bones connected to the thigh bone. Yeah. <laughs> the body's connected. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's right. communication within the body. So if you've got an asymptomatic infection in the teeth. You know, it goes back to traditional Chinese medicine, which has survived ten thousands of years, right? And those principles survive the test of time because they're foundational. So every tooth is connected to an organ system, and the electrical supply to every organ goes through a tooth. So if you've got an infection in a tooth, it's like flipping a circuit breaker on the voltage. Right. Mm. So now there's no longer any voltage getting to that cell. So if you can't provide voltage and energy to an organ, what happens? You get low oxygen, you get low pH, and you get low voltage. Mm. And that's the environment where cancer cells replicate, proliferate, and form tumors. Wow, that's scary. Is your mind yep. blown right now? Uh, it really is. Like this, this was not what I expected, Doc. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, that's really so. Okay, I'm sitting here, mind blown. Where do I go? I want to know where I can go to. Well, you gave me the don'ts. Yeah. And now the do's, you created these these product lines um, that I want. So how do I get them? Well, I tell people, you know, get educated, get informed, and ask questions. You know, ask your doctors the tough questions. Most patients are too trusting, mm-hmm. and they're misguided. And most doctors, I think, are Do you think well all intended. doctors even know, though? If it's not out no, there you know, as much I as taught, it should be. I taught future physicians for, what, seven or eight years when I was in the medical school there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, it's not the people that are broken. It's the system that's broken. Yeah. You know, people become doctors because they want to help people mm-hmm. and change their life and, and prevent and, and keep them better. But the system doesn't allow that. So I, have to, I tell people, get informed, get educated. You have to educate yourself and ask the docs questions. Doc's not going to ask you the right questions. Mm. So, you know, I have an educational website, drnathansbryan.com. I've got a six-minute video that tells you a lot about nitric oxide production. I do a monthly blog. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I, I try to, you know, keep up with some timely and practical common sense things you can do to, okay. you know, restore your nitric oxide production. Um, you, you have a book, right? Is that correct? I've got several books, but I just got a new book deal that'll be out probably in spring of 2023. It's called The Secret of Nitric Oxide, Bringing Nitric Oxide to Life. And in that book, you know, we, we'll talk about the hero's journey. Yeah. Right? We'll talk okay, about yeah. the kind of the story and 
and really all the landmines and the hurdles one has to overcome mm. to be where I am today to have safe and effective nitric oxide product technology mm. for the masses. Now, because when you have something of value, people come after you. Oh, wow. And for me, when people come after me, that's when I know I'm doing the right thing because mm. it's very disruptive what we do. It's disrupted it, to It's disruptive to a pharma. lot of people. Yeah. And yeah, true characters are revealed. So in the book, I'll tell those stories because to me, it's there's two things I, want, I, I hope that it, number one, I hope it inspires people because everybody's on a journey. Mm -hmm. And despite the criticism and people telling you, you can't do this, it can't be done. You have to stay the course. I love Believe that. Believe in Forge what ahead. you're doing. I love right. that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It. So it's the personal story that I yeah. hope inspires and overcoming insurmountable obstacles. Yeah. Right. And everybody telling me this can't be done. You can't do it. Then once you do it, you know, it goes back to, to uh, Schopenhauer, which is a, a German philosopher back in the maybe 1300s. He said, fundamental truths go through three phases. First, they're ridiculed. Then they're violently opposed. And then they're accepted as being self-evident. Mm. And I've experienced all three of those. Because one, I was ridiculed as a young scientist presenting this. That I thought I could make nitric oxide. I was ridiculed what by do my they colleagues. Say? You're crazy. You're going to kill people. This can't be done. Big pharma's failed at this. The brightest minds in the in the space haven't been able to do this. Then you're we like, did right, it. I'm onto something. Then we right? did it. It was violently opposed. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. We had people coming at me, suing me left and right. Then you can't do this. And now, what is it? It's self-evident. That's amazing. There's over 185,000 papers published in the nitric oxide field. Good for you. Everybody recognizes that. So that's number one. Then number two, I want people to understand the importance of nitric oxide. So when they read this book, understand what can I do? What sh When I wake up tomorrow morning, what changes can I make in my life to make sure that my nitric oxide levels are optimized, that I don't, and I can take care of myself, I can allow my body to heal so I don't get sick. Because in the American medical system, if you get sick, you're in bad shape. Yeah. yeah. Right? So it's easier what, to prevent disease than it is to treat it. Right. What's a day in the life for you? What, what specifically do you do? Well, it depends on where I am. I mean, I wake up. I usually, if I'm home, I sit in an infrared sauna or if I'm in a hotel that has a sauna, I go and that's my source of light for the day. Okay. And it sweats. You know, I, I put it at 170 degrees and I sit in there for 20 minutes. So that's how we liberate toxins. Amazing. Right? And we're exposed to a lot of toxins in the world we live in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I drink a lot of good, clean water, filtered water. I never drink municipal water out of the faucet. Uh, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, if I'm traveling, I always exercise. No matter how tired I am, when I get to the hotel, I go to the gym. Good mm. for you. <clears throat> and try to get 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour of exercise. Um, you know, it's very hard to eat healthy on the road. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, we all have to indulge. Yeah, you do, right? you do your best. You do your exactly, best. you do your very best. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up here, I, I, again, because I want to know where I can get, where can I get, you said there's a lodging. And, yep. and I have a brother who's suffering from a heart disease. And it's blood flow. It's, it's all those, I've heard all this stuff. And we both, it, this is hitting home with both of us. Mm -hmm. Where can I go to get that? And and your skincare line, when is that coming out? Um, I'm a guy, but I want yeah. to use it. <laughs> Look, I've never used skincare products before in my entire life in 48 years until a couple of years ago because you have to be a product of the product, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that we've had that on the market since 2019. That's at n101.com. Okay. That's one N, the number one, O is an oxide, the number one.com, n101.com. Okay. 
And then for the, the dietary supplements, it's no2u.com. And I should preface this from, you know, my, so my lawyers don't uh, give me a thrash when I get back. These are supplements not intended to treat, cure, prevent, or uh, disease. So those those are designed to enhance your body's ability to, to produce. restore mm-hmm. nitric mm-hmm. oxide okay. production. So we're not affecting any disease state. Okay. But my company, Nitric Oxide Innovations, which is nitrocoxideinnovations.com, those are the drug products. Mm. So we're actively engaging in FDA-approved clinical trials for COVID-19. Hope to have that study completed by the end of the year. Got a drug going in for ischemic heart disease, your brother. Mm-hmm. Ischemic non-obstructive coronary artery disease, which is affecting primarily women to tune about 10 to 1. Mm. occurs primarily in you know, 40 to 50-year-old women. So it's a small vascular disease. Uh, we've got a drug approval or drug program going for that, Alzheimer's disease, and then the topical for diabetic ulcers. Wow. So our anticipation, we hope to have all these drugs into phase three clinical trials in the next year and hopefully have these on the market in the very near future. But I'm absolutely convinced based on my 20-something years in nitric oxide research and science and the performance of our technology on the market that this will absolutely change the world and be the way we treat patients for the next 100 years. Gave me chills, man. I love it. Thank you so much. This Dr. was Nathan Bryan, this was you. amazing. I am just in awe. You didn't even know what you were I had no idea. <laughs> I thought I met the cool guy in the in you know who strolled in, just flew in to Vegas. Thank you so much for joining us and Thank sharing this story. I know we're going to help some people out there. You're helping me, and I just want to share this knowledge with my family and the people around me because I want everybody to be healthy and happy. And thank you. Without our health, no, we have nothing. You. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So we have, uh, if you, you're you out there listening, it's Dr. Nathan Bryan with us, and my mind has been blown. Thank you so much for joining us on a Hero's Journey podcast. Uh, my name is Brian Hopkins. I'm Danielle Vasanova. Thank you, Dr. Nathan. Thank you, guys. Really thank you for being here. Congratulations on, on your whole mission here. It's great. Thanks oh, thank you, me. sir. All right. We'll see you. It's coming around, it's coming around to me